We're starting a series today that is titled Juicy Fruit. As a matter of fact, everybody should have gotten a pack on the way in of Juicy Fruit. If you did not get it, make sure you get it on your way out. Just a little reminder, all right, to, 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 for you to know. And if you walked in this morning, it was like, I see all the floaties. Where's the pool? Um, you know, it, 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 it's just a matter of uh, 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 us being able to really receive all that God has for us. And I encourage you not just to allow God to speak to you and you listen, jot down some notes. If you're watching online, jot down some notes and, 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 and be there with it. You know, we remember a percentage of what we hear, but when you add in something that's visual, when you add in you writing down, the percentages start to increase. And I encourage you to write down and be a note taker because God wants to speak to you today. Holy Spirit, have your way in us today. Speak to us. And Father, let it not be me or my words, but be you through me in Jesus' name. Can you give God one more hand of praise this morning? So the title of our new series is Juicy Fruit. How many of you like fruit to be juicy? I mean, there is, it, it, it's pretty bad if you go and buy some oranges and you get home and you pull out the little thing to squeeze them and make some juice and you put that on it and almost nothing comes out. Has that happened to anybody before? How about when you look at it and you touch it and everything looks good, but you open it or you peel it and on the inside it's messed up. Anybody like that? You like that for it to be messed up? Oh, I was going to say, oh, I, I don't, man. It, it happened to me last week. We were out of town on vacation for a couple days. We had a few oranges at the house and we we're like, let's take them with us. You know, there's nothing like a nice cold orange out of the cooler when you're on the hot ocean, right? And so I get it and, and I got it and it looked beautiful and I peeled it and you know what was on the inside of it? It was rotten. It looked good, but it wasn't. And we're going to get to that in just a minute, but if you're taking notes, I want you to jot down this first point this morning, right? You ready with me? The Bible begins and ends with fruit. And the whole middle of it is, is filled with fruit too, but it starts and it ends with fruit. Watch. Go with me to the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter number two. Genesis chapter two. We're going to read verses 15 through 17. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. Look what it says. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And how many of you know that Adam and Eve ate of the fruit? Sometimes we depict it as an apple. The Bible doesn't say it was an apple. It just says it was a fruit. They ate of the fruit, and what happened? Sin entered. So sin entered mankind through the eating of a fruit. The Bible started with talking about fruit. And it ends. As a matter of fact, go to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelations, on the last chapter, which is chapter 22, and it's talking about heaven here, John, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 22, verses number one and two. Look what it says. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So in heaven, there is a tree of life 
that bears 12 different kinds of fruit, and each one of them gives its fruit once a year, so 12 months of the year, having this fruit. The Bible starts and ends talking about fruit. Now, as a former teacher, teaching fourth grade writing, come on somebody, praise God for fourth grade writing, I think it's called FSA now, but one of the things that you made sure to teach students was that you started talking about and mentioning what you were going to talk about. And you ended it by again stating what you talked about. And in the middle, you explained it when you were doing an expository writing. And that is basically what I want you to look at. If God is talking about fruit from the very beginning, and he's talking about fruit at the very end, can you agree with me that fruit must be important to God? See, fruit is important to God. And that very first point, it starts and it ends with fruit. Here's the second thing I want you to jot down this morning. Are you ready? Jesus cursed the tree that did not produce fruit. Jesus cursed the tree that did not produce fruit. Fruit. Not fruit. Fruit. And he actually did it twice. The first time, he spoke about it. It was in word. Go with me to the book of Luke. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 13. We're going to read verses 6 and 7. Luke 13, verses 6 and 7. It says this. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Verse 7. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? Jesus gave us a parable, an illustration, a story talking about the fact that if a tree does not produce fruit, it needs to be cut down. Now, it's very interesting because it says there that that person who owned that land, he didn't cut it down after one season that didn't produce fruit. He gave it three years. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you have disconnected from God and you're not bearing fruit, there is time for you to get right and begin to bear fruit again. Because he is giving you time, because the harvest is now. The second time that we see Jesus cursing the tree that did not bear fruit is in the book of Matthew chapter 21, verse 19. Matthew 21, 19, he says, And seeing a fig tree by the road... He came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, the tree withered away. If Jesus twice gave us the example of cutting down the tree that did not bear fruit or cursing the one that was not giving fruit, church, it is important for us to know that we're in trouble if we're not bearing fruit. See, which leads me to our third point this morning, which is this. Jesus called us to bear much fruit. Can you say that this morning? Bear much fruit. If you're watching online, please put it in the comment box. Come on, say it one more time. Bear much fruit. He called us to bear, not some fruit, not every other year, not skip a harvest. He called us to bear much fruit. Go to with me to John 15. John 15, John chapter 15, this is Jesus talking, and we're going to read several verses here, but John chapter 15, Jesus is talking, he says this, 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. In other words, he cuts it out, is what that's saying, by takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear what? More fruit. Now, there's a couple of misconceptions that I want to talk about this morning. And the first one is in that second part of the verse. See, sometimes we feel that if we are doing things for God, everything should be perfect. But the reality is that when you're bearing fruit, God still is going to prune you so that you can bear even more fruit. Pruning hurts sometimes. I mean, have you ever cut a tree and get sap on you and it's sticky and then you got to wash and do all the different things? I'm sure, I'm sure the tree, I mean, it doesn't scream at you or something like that, but I'm sure the tree, is, is, the sap is almost like if it's bleeding, right? That's how I picture it at least. So being pruned can hurt a little bit. But Jesus is going to prune us that we may bear even more fruit. But he started the verse by saying that the branches that don't bear fruit, they eliminate. Again, it is important that we bear fruit, and it's what God has called of us to bear fruit. Watch, if we continue reading, go down to verse number four. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. There's another principle there on fruit bearing. You can only bear or produce fruit while you're connected to the tree. We're in a time right now where people all across the world have disconnected from the tree. And in disconnecting from the tree, the fruit is not being born. It is not being produced. But how many of you know that we live or serve a God who loves us so much and talks about regrafting us into the tree? And no matter what you're going through or what's going on, he can go ahead and put you back in in order to produce the fruit. So he says, you're only going to produce the fruit which I've called you to produce if you abide, if you reside, if you're connected to me. He says that in verse number five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Scroll down to verse number eight. Look again what it says. By this my father is glorified, that you what? Bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. See, if you don't read that carefully, you miss it. What are you missing? If you're not bearing fruit, Jesus doesn't consider you a disciple. And that's pretty harsh. I didn't make it up, though. I read it out of the Bible. We are called to produce fruit. And the, the fruit is not produced by you. It is produced by the Holy Spirit through you as you are connected to the vine. See, the fruit is supernatural. And it is as you are connected that the fruit grows. And it is as you are planted that it will continue to yield fruit. 
and it is as you are pruned that you will bear more fruit. Can, can I talk about the pruning for a second? The Apostle Paul writes on several occasions in the New Testament, I can do whatever I want, but it's not good for me. Is the translation of it. In Spanish it says, Todo me es lícito, pero no todo me conviene. In other words, it is legal, it is lawful, but it is not good for me. When you come to Christ and you surrender to Christ, some of the things that we used to do are tolerable. But as you grow in Christ, he prunes those things out of your life where you don't lie anymore, where you don't cheat anymore where you stop committing those things that are sinful to the eyes of God. And the closer you walk to God, the narrower the line becomes. Pastor, that's, that, I, I, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. I love what I do. It's not about us. And as we pursue God more, things are going to be pruned off of us where what we used to watch, we don't watch anymore because it affects us. Because what we used to partake in, we don't partake anymore because it doesn't please God. That's pruning. Why? So you can bear more fruit. So if you were taking notes, again, number one, Bible starts and ends with fruit. The second thing, Jesus cursed the tree that didn't produce fruit. The third point this morning was the fact that Jesus called us to bear much fruit. Now, before I give you the next point, I want to ask you a question. All right, you ready for this one? Have you ever seen an orange tree pick an orange and cut it and peel it and eat it? I mean, have you ever seen an apple tree in an apple orchard grab out and pluck an apple and bite it and eat it? No. Do you know why? Fruit is for other people. That's our fourth point this morning. Fruit is for others. We live in a society where it's all about me. Me, 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 me. La ley del embudo, everything to me. The funnel, the funnel law. It just sounds better in, English, in Spanish. In a funnel, everything goes in and goes to that one place. And that's the type of life that we live. Me, me, me. I want, I want, I want. God, give me this. God, give me that. Why haven't you helped me? I, if you, because you haven't done this and I'm walking away. We want instant. We want everything. But the reality is we're called to produce much fruit, but the fruit is not for us. The fruit is for others. And how many of you can agree that we're living in a time in a world that is hurting and broken? I mean, can you, can you answer this for me a second? Have you come across people in this last five or six months that we've been dealing with this pandemic that are dealing with concerns of fear? Do you know that one of the fruits or what composes of the fruit is peace? You know what's the fruit that you can bear in this season? Praying with that person for them to receive the peace of God that you also have. How many of you know we're living in a world that's broken and hurting, that they need love? And part of the fruit is the fact that it is love. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're going to get into it throughout this series. But the fruit is not for us. The fruit is for other. And look what the Bible says in Psalms chapter 1. If you've never read Psalms 1, read it later. But I'm going to read specifically verse number 3. It says this, 
He shall be a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Brings forth fruit in its season. Well, pastor, when's the season for us to produce fruit? Upon salvation, it's time to produce fruit. Have you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, this, can we be vulnerable? If this, if this applies to you who's watching online, put one of those little hand emojis up or, or whatever. And, but if you, I want you to, can you remember where you were and who you were when you came to Christ? Can you remember the joy that just filled your life? The peace that suddenly started to flow? The being able to perhaps, if you weren't able to sleep and all of a sudden you came to Christ and instantly, wow, you were able to rest and sleep. Those were fruit that supernaturally began to be produced in you. The Bible talks about, about us not losing our first love because we get so comfortable sometimes in the fact that God loves us that we stop pursuing him. So we stop losing or we start losing the peace and the love and the joy and we stop producing the fruit. And thank God we live or serve a God who gives us time to get right with him. But when's the time to produce fruit? The minute you get planted with him again. The verse says when you're planted by the river, when you're planted, you will be able to produce the fruit. And can you agree with me that we're living in a world right now that is hungry for the fruit that only God can produce. We're living in a time of the greatest revival and the greatest harvest if the church, all of us, would live out our faith and produce the fruit that only God can produce in us and through us. Fruit is to be eaten by other. And we are in a fruit-bearing season. This morning, God put something on my heart that I didn't have in my notes. It was there in my study time, and, and, and I know that I, I mentioned it because it was important, and I, I want to make sure I mention it again, but have you ever noticed that a fruit tree will bear its fruit until the day it's cut down? Just because a tree's been planted there for 30 years, it doesn't stop producing fruit. As a matter of fact, sometimes the more years it's been in the ground, the more fruit it produces. So perhaps you're entering your third stage of life and you think that there's not much more that you can do. Can I tell you that God has called you to produce fruit until the day he calls you to heaven? Look what the Bible says in Psalm 92. Psalm 92, and I want you to write this down. If you're, if you're a prime timer in your age, look at what it says. If you're a young spring chicken, hold on to this verse until the day you ripen in age, right? Look what it says in verse number 12 of Psalm 92. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, underline it. They shall still bear fruit in old age. God has called you to produce fruit to the day he calls you to go home with him. There's power in the prayer 
of a righteous person that even as they have retired and are there in their homes. Again, I went several months back before the pandemic started. I went to visit the mom of one of our families that comes here to the church, Marianne and Geneva. I went to visit their mom. And sister, our sister, she's elderly. And I went over there to pray for her. But can I tell you, I left being prayed for. She spoke over my life. She prayed over me. She told me, Pastor, I pray for you every day. She's producing fruit, even at an old age. And I don't care how old you are, you are called to bear fruit. From the minute you come to Christ to the day you go be before his presence, you are called to bear much fruit. And I don't know who that's for this morning. I think it's for all of us because it encouraged me. Sometimes I think about life and it's like, well, to what? No, no. We are called to bear fruit until the day we go be in heaven. Fruit producers. And look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7. And this is our fifth point for this morning. And it's this. A tree is known by its fruit. Matthew chapter 7 verses 15 through 20. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. This is where Little Red Riding Hood comes from. <laughs> Grandma, what big eyes you have. Oh, it's to see you better. And Grandma, what big ears you have. It's to hear you better. And what big teeth you have. It's to eat you. Not just, anyways, <laughs> sorry. Let's get back to the Word of God this morning. It's good to laugh in church. Can you agree with me this morning? All right. It says, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And verse number 20 says, therefore, by their fruits you will know them. You know, many times this passage, we only read it when we're talking about a church or a pastor or a preacher that we think is a false teacher. But the reality is that every single one of us as a child of God will be known by our fruit. You know an avocado tree by the avocado. Can I tell you a funny story about avocados? So my, my brother, uh, Landon, uh, Landon Schott, Pastor Landon Schott from Mercy Culture uh, Church, he's like my brother. And um, we've known each other for... Oof, longer than we have not known each other. And I remember one of the first times his wife, Heather, was going to be coming to Miami with their daughter, Peyton. Peyton is about a year younger than Abigail. We've done life together. We've been at each other's weddings. I mean, we, we've known each other a long time. Um, but uh, they, they, I was like, hey, you know, would you need, guys need anything for pay when you guys are at the house? And they're like, Peyton loves avocados. So I went down to the store and I bought avocados. And they get to the house, right? And I, and I was like, yeah, I bought you guys the avocados. And they, and, and they look at us like, 
that's not an avocado. And I'm like, dude, that's an avocado. He's like, no, that's the biggest avocado I've ever seen in my life. Because he was thinking of the California avocados, which are like three inches. And I brought him a Cuban avocado. You know what I'm talking about, right? I, 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 I bought him the one that you put salt and pepper and olive oil on it. And, you know, I brought him a real avocado. And he's like, that's not an avocado. And I'm like, bro, you missing out. If all you have is that little pruny little thing, I, you ain't know what a real avocado is. Any which ways. Come on, tell me. Pastor, get back to the word. Thank you. I'll, I'll be obedient. I'll listen. Now, a tree is known by its fruit. I may not recognize the leaf, but I'll recognize the fruit. And I ask you this question this morning. What fruit are you producing? When the world is seeing us, what fruit are we producing? Are they seeing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Are they seeing the fruit that only can be supernaturally produced by God in us? Are we connected to the vine that we may bear much fruit? Are we actually asking God every day, prune me that I may bear more fruit? Remove from my life the things that hinder the fruit-bearing process. Remove those things that don't let me shine. Remove the things, God, that I may bear much fruit, good fruit, especially in the time that we're living in. Church, there's good news. And it's the fact that God wants to use each and every one of us as a tree to bear much fruit. And it's not our responsibility to bear the fruit. It's our responsibility to stay connected to the vine. The fruit is produced by connection to the vine. And I challenge you this morning. Surrender to God all your cares, all your worries, all your struggles. Connect to him, stay connected in him, that fruit may be born through you. You know what happens when you disconnect the fruit from a tree? It stops growing. It may quote unquote ripen, but it stops growing. It may quote unquote continue to develop itself and its flavor but it stops growing. You only produce fruit by being connected to the Father, by being connected to the Son, and by being connected to the Holy Spirit who in you develops much fruit. Come on, let's go ahead and stand to our feet this morning. I want to pray for each and every one of us this morning that are here in the building and you that are watching online. But before we pray for the development of fruit in our life, I, I have to give you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. So I want you to examine yourself for a minute because this is what the Bible says. I, you know, I, unfortunately, I had to do a funeral this week of a gentleman, 92 years old. It was not COVID-related, but um, loss of life is hard any which way. And as I was speaking, I said something at the funeral that I've said many times, but I don't know why that day it came out. And is that I do not believe in religion. I don't believe in religion. As a matter of fact, I am not a religious person. Because religion is doing things 
because of practice, doing things because you have to. God doesn't want religion from us, He wants relationship with us. And perhaps this morning you've broken relationship with God or have never started a true relationship with Him. What does the Bible say that it takes? The Bible says this, John 3.16, the most famous verse in Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. What does it take for relationship with God? The first thing is belief that Jesus is His Son. And if you've got that in the bag, you're halfway there. And the second thing that the Bible says is this. It says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You can read it. It's Romans chapter 10, verse number 10. If you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. So this morning, if you say, I want to get right with God, or today you say, I want to surrender my life to God, not religion, relationship. I want you to say this prayer with me. Just close your eyes, bow your heads, even you that are watching online, and say this with me in church. Pray with us and, and just simply say, God, I'm a sinner. On my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin, of my unrighteousness. So today, I ask Jesus to come and live in my heart, to write my name in the book of life. And from today, God, I will instantly become a fruit bearer because I'm connected to you. I'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I will produce fruit, God, because I am now connected to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can you give God a shout of praise? Give him a hand of praise. The Bible says there is a party in heaven when someone surrenders to Jesus. But I want to pray for you this morning before we close out and give you a couple of announcements and dismiss service. But Father, this morning I pray for each and every person that is here today, every person that's under the sound of my voice watching live online or watching the rebroadcast or listening to the podcast. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we may be fruit bearers. Father, that we may bear much fruit. Father, that we may understand that it may be a deep-rooted word in our hearts that we need to stay plugged into you, that we need to stay connected to you to be able to produce the fruit, not because of who we are, not because of the years that we've been a believer, but because we're connected to the vine. Father, I pray that each and every one of us, from those that gave their lives to Jesus today, to those of us who have been believers for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, Father, that we may be producers of good fruit. Father, that even into our old age, we will produce much fruit. Father, that even under pressure and circumstances, we will produce fruit in its season because of the fact that we're connected. We are planted by the rivers of life. And we thank you, Father, for you are working in us and through us. In Jesus' name.